doctor thank you so much uh for coming in just to clarify just to clarify to everybody who's watching uh you are a public health researcher is that how i would want you to kind of be yeah so um in terms of what i've done is and i've done a lot i've taught a bunch of things a lot of it regarding community medicine and public health but i've dabbled in philosophy i've taught a couple of philosophy semesters here and there but at the moment my main work is on health systems research hmm. um but that's completely um so with regard to health systems research we're looking at various government programs and seeing how well they're performing and how we can optimize them okay yeah and uh right now i mean it's a very very weird time uh, to say the least uh first of all i just want to ask you like did you see this coming in a way like uh did you think that there would come a point where we would be facing something similar to a global health pandemic uh that would be spread all across the world um everyone in the field did so um i may be getting the time frame a little wrong but there had been scenarios where um as in simulated scenarios were in with a group of professionals um they created this case study and saw how responses etc are developed and i was attending a short course with um a cdc affiliated body over here and they showed us this film i think pandemic mm-hmm. um in which basically a very similar disease was spreading yeah. and to a very large extent even in terms of how it developed and how it spread and its propagation and everything pretty similar to what we are seeing aside from this there have been like various epidemics and pandemics mm-hmm. in the past as well yeah. so we're not exactly in unseen territory yeah it's unseen for us but not for you know if you take the broader lens of human history yeah and i mean like there was sars and mers that was uh, pretty like recent so to speak like i want to talk to you about the spanish flu in a bit but uh that happened right and i think the overall consensus right now is that nobody really gave a fuck uh after that happened to try to kind of expand this uh problem which we saw in sars and mers and assume that this can spread to a much larger level is that characterization true that a lot of people were ignorant so to speak of the potentiality of how this can spread to other parts of the world no not really as in various organizations have created um various uh, surveillance mechanisms in a lot of these places cdc in particular has been doing a lot of work in this region pakistan included mm-hmm. um and even if you look at how countries have responded countries where sars had been a major epidemic had taken um they were a lot faster in terms of their response in comparison to countries which hadn't seen sars so yeah lessons were learned but to a large extent it's also a consequence of globalization in terms of how people are traveling mm. it's a disease with an asymptomatic uh, period mm. um due to, as an asymptomatic meaning that you're not developing any symptoms yeah. that you could be transmitting it without having any symptoms mm. not knowing that you're infected with it mm. so um there's several circumstances that kind of come together and kind of converge together to make this into the disease that it is and has resulted in it spreading and um i think that maybe we wouldn't be remiss to keep in mind that there are diseases that are far worse than um covid mm, yeah. um but 
maybe they've not become pandemics because they're killing people a lot faster compared to the how fast COVID is killing people. Or they're killing a very large number of people mm-hmm. compared to how many people are being killed by COVID. Right. So um, the way that infectious diseases works is that you need to have someone susceptible to transmit it to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you need to be healthy enough to be transmitting it. You need to be normal enough that, you know, the person doesn't immediately see you bleeding out of your eyes, yeah. you know, and they start to run away from you. Mm-hmm. So all of these like uh, different factors, as well as the fact that this is a new uh, coronavirus. So within coronaviruses, there are two broad types. There's the alphas and then there's the betas. As in there are like, yes, just like real life. (laughs) And this is among human coronaviruses that there's alphas and betas. But if you look at the overall animal kingdom, there's a lot more as in it goes all the way up to gamma. Really? There's four types, yeah. And, but this one also came from an animal, right? Yes. So um, when they did genetic testing on it, they found that um, it was, I think, 95, 96% homologous to a species of coronaviruses that are found in bats. Right. As to whether it's the same thing that came from bats. So there's some truth to that. The yeah, bats thing. Yeah, not the bat soup joke has an interesting thing going on with it as well. So this travel logger kind of went to some area in China and ate a bat, mm-hmm. as one does. You know, you go to a place, you eat weird food, you come home, you laugh, you tell people about it. And this was a long time before, like, COVID was a thing, but she eventually contracted the disease and everyone was like, huh, she ate a bat, therefore... Uh. She- that must be why. <laughs> so, so on the last point, though, uh, about um, certain people or certain organizations taking effective measures against it when people in, you know, um, your circles knew that it was going to be a problem if something like this happened. So uh, I don't know if you've heard, but there was a report published recently about the UK government in which they said that over the last couple of years, I think it was in 2017 or 2018, um, health experts told them repeatedly that they did not have the requisite um, P- uh, PPEs, um, they did not have the requisite equipment or the requisite um, or the required, um, you know, the capacity needed to, you know, effectively um, cater to something like this or, you know, prepare for something like this. But people at the top didn't pay much attention to it. And this is something that you saw in the US as well. So while you have organizations like CDC working, you also have a large amount of um, you know, apathetic behavior towards something like this by the people who actually call the shots. Would you agree? It's complicated. As in, um, so um, something else about me, I'm, I have a master's degree in bioethics and this is basically a 101 within it, is that whenever you're talking about finite resources, it is by its very nature finite and there's always going to be some form of a deficiency or the other. Um, And some of that deficiency comes from, for example, with ventilators, it comes to spacing issues in hospitals. And um, with regard to personal protective equipment, yes, no doubt more can be done and more should have been done. But you also have to keep in mind what the supply chains are with regard to production of this equipment. So, for example, with the early days of the COVID uh, pandemic, at that time, just an epidemic in various parts of the countries, there are a lot of concerns raised about 
Who is it that's making masks? Who is making the base compounds for, you know, everyday drugs like uh, paracetamol or by the uh, trade name Panadol or, you know, these kinds of drugs? Acetaminophen and, you know, in our, <laughs> yeah. in our Greek. Yeah. <laughs> our Greek, yeah. Uh, so, um, you know, supply chains have been interrupted. Transport has been interrupted. So to what extent can one say that, you know, policymakers are at fault or XYZ person is at fault? Because if we're talking about um, the COVID pandemic, we also have to think about all the diseases that did not reach pandemic status. No one thanks the field for that. We just talk about the failures. And obviously, like, we have to engage in thought and corrective and preventative action as to why this particular disease slipped through the cracks. Probably because of the asymptomatic period, maybe, you know, its uh, mortality rate is far lower than SARS or MERS or Ebola, which was also something that there were concerns might reach pandemic proportions. So... I don't think we should rush to put blame, especially in a country like Pakistan, where all of the borders are so porous. Like, that is basically how a lot of it did, like, enter into the country. The index cases had come from abroad um, to perform their religious uh, obligations. They came to Pakistan and they didn't know they were carrying the disease when that they landed here. Into well. Yeah, so there was a think tank report, sorry to cut you off, which I uh, read about today, uh, published in Dawn. They talked about it. And the, basically, the think tank report said that um, the uh, Iranian pilgrims um, that uh, contributed to you know the disease spreading more uh, rapidly. So you're right, like it, because of these borders and because of these pilgrims coming in, you, could, you couldn't just control it. And that like got turned into something completely different, like almost a sectarian issue. Like it's, there's a lot of almost like mistrust right now, naturally, I think. Man, whenever something happens, we always burn the witches first. Right. The only question is who is the witch in that particular scenario? Yeah, exactly. And I think right now we are in a bit of a witch hunt. I mean, globally, right? Like there's a lot of, so like, I was reading this uh, paper about uh, Norway post-Spanish flu. Uh, but I think the interesting thing about that paper was the way they set it up, right? So they initially talked about a lot of things like uh, the way disaster is framed. So disaster framing, they said, was an integral part in not just the, the disaster itself, so to speak, like and how people can recover from it, but it goes into a deeper level of, uh, you know, mistrust and kind of finding out uh, who was behind the natural disaster, which is as comical as you might see. Like people don't think of natural disasters as natural disasters when there is something which is uh, like infectious, which is was, what was the thesis of the paper. That when an infectious disease is there, there's already going to be some level of mistrust between people because it's transmitted person to person. But now the natural course which led to that uh, coming into the forefront. So COVID was a natural kind of a thing that just happened nobody manufactured although that's a separate like you know debate as well but right now people are kind of so trump uh captain dumbass is pointing at china calling it the chinese virus uh, a lot of people here uh like we were talking about made into sectarian issue uh, so yeah i mean people are kind of on edge and i think they will be because of the way the disaster isn't really framed as a natural calamity or something which is not as a pandemic per se but just as an infectious disease that's transmitted by other people so stay the fuck away and that's a lot to unpack right there (laughs) so 
first of all, with regard to um, natural disasters being natural and whether we frame it as purely a natural phenomena versus something caused by human activity. Yeah, diseases like this are as a result of human activity, as in no doubt about it, but maybe not in terms of the way that we're thinking about it. So it's what's known as a zoonotic infection, and as the name implies, animal. transmitted from an animal. And the fact is that in terms of the proximity of our food sources to um, wildlife, in terms of our consumption of actual wildlife itself, or merely the fact that we're bulldozing down forests and, you know, encroaching upon those spaces. And as a result of our presence over there, we are exposing ourselves to um, these diseases. So, for example, with anthrax, you know, outside of a human um, population, anthrax comes very often in lion populations across Africa especially after droughts. So basically, um, the spores are present deep underground. There's a famine, um, not exactly a famine, but rather a drought. So soil becomes looser, starts blowing away, and the deeper soil that contains the anthrax spores then mobilizes. So it spreads to lions because the lions were there. Right. If humans were there, the humans would be experiencing an anthrax epidemic right. in that area. Um, same with Ebola, humans were present, ergo it transmitted. Same with this. So as to whether we can blame a particular region for it, if not China, it would have been somewhere else. Yeah. Like swine flu started from South America, yeah. MERS started from the Middle East, thus the name Middle Eastern syncytial yeah. virus. Yeah. So I don't know if any particular group can be um, maybe blamed, but maybe the size of the human population, the way that we are interacting we with live. our environment, yeah. the way we live. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think this is a very, uh, like, educated and, like, nice way of saying Trump's an idiot, right? Essentially, because he's calling this the Chinese wires. And mm. it's kind of like, you know, you understand or what Kung he's... Kung flu. Kung flu. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah, not Trump himself, but <laughs> one of his... Heck, God. Yeah. No, but it was said by someone. It was said by someone, as in... The administration. Someone in the administration. Someone someone. In the administration. Yeah. It's on the record. <laughs> yep. Kung flu? I'm sad I didn't think of that. That is brilliant. I come to think of it, I think Trump said it himself. And the was, reporter was like, was oh, are you saying that to me because I'm Chinese no. or I'm Asian? And it was just weird. And it was like, next. You know like he does. Is, this was a meme. Trump is very deep in on the meme game. Really? Because this was a meme far before anyone from the administration said it. And when they said it, I'm like, yes, I know which meme sites you guys are going through. <laughs> Trump is an idiot, man. But I mean, I, I don't know as in... Uh, politics isn't my expertise he Same. was voted in and yeah. you know he's probably going to win again sure who's the idiot now is um, it him or most of them <laughs> i would say are the idiots uh because like heather you're like oh actually i might like think that uh there's a chance he doesn't get it like initially i was also one of the guys who was like oh no for sure skip two terms on here like he's gonna go through this one that the, but i feel as if it, he performed so poorly, like below every expectations to the extent that now it's going to force out every single Democrat in the country. Like, I think it's gotten to that point. We'll see in November. Yeah. yeah but but they have, like a lot of people 
at least from what i hear on podcasts and you know online it's like well i'd rather vote for trump than biden because there's their demographic as well because yeah, you never know yeah white people have never let me down so i don't know let's see what they do this time <laughs> fucking idiots uh but speaking of uh fucking idiots uh trump right <laughs> specifically trump um how do you think he's kind of uh what what do you think's the most interesting thing about the way his administration's handling it right now about trump's administration specifically i don't know as in he closed off the borders fairly early which yeah. was a good thing yeah. but how well they're coping i guess is as well as anyone is coping are you looking at the numbers i'm looking at the numbers what because so um the numbers are interesting so for example countries like belgium have a higher mortality rate than singapore um the mortality rate has based on different countries there's been a lot of variance behind it from the numbers i read basically just before coming here belgium was at 16% mortality rate and singapore was at 0.2% mortality rate wow. the who estimates it to be about 3.2 whereas in uh china overall it was 2.1% in wow. wuhan it was about 4 i feel like zakir naik just listing out all the numbers <laughs> just like yeah. so, suffice it to say there's a huge variation behind it ab ab is it related to something like um, you know the the average age of the population what what, what would you why is belgium at 16% because we can see if unless the virus is mutated or something like that, so what kind of um causal links would you establish there so there's a lot of things associated with it to start off with um some countries are conducting tests post mortem as well they're taking um samples after a person has died um there's difference in terms of testing criteria amount of tests that are available some countries are solely relying on numbers that are coming from hospitals so when you're talking about something that, such as mortality rate um or even just crude mortality rates is in the numbers seem a lot more intuitive than they maybe actually are because there's a lot of granularity that goes into it simply based on what are the numbers that how are you finding out the numbers so in new york for example they com- they um did a very huge amount of testing this group of researchers basically just went to a shopping mall and they tested about 15000 people in a shopping mall in various shopping malls okay. <laughs> uh, as in not so just what, one walmart 15000 people what is the shopping mall like yeah. 15000 people yeah and they found that um i think about 19% of new yorkers had the antibody which translates to numbers that are 10 times that of the number of recorded cases so when you're looking at the numbers there's a reason behind the huge variability to it but the area of interest is definitely their differences in resources as well as in demographics so different countries have different percentages of people above the age of 60 or 70 um these developed countries developed in like the old fashioned sense of it yeah. um you know western europe and the us yeah um they do have a higher percentage of elderly population compared to countries like ours mm. so that is possibly why you were seeing this much of a variance in um the mortality rates or numbers of cases so so one of the things that i take away from all that is so you said the who um 
states that it's somewhere around 3%, 3.2%. But like you said, when um, in New York, they took a random sample of so many people, it turned out to be, you know, a lot more people Ten had the virus. The... So generally, I think numbers are going to be underreported vastly due to the nature of the disease itself. Uh, if I'm not wrong, a majority of people who contract the disease are asymptomatic. Um, and that naturally means that they won't get tested unless they've been in contact with someone else or because of some other reason that they have to get tested. If they're just like us and they're at home and they get the disease, they won't know. And there are thousands of people like this because of the nature of the disease itself. So generally, because the number of cases are far greater than what are reported, um, the deaths, I would assume, are more or less what they are. Um, the mortality rate automatically drops uh, because of that's just how fractions work. The denominator increases vastly. Um, so do you think that's one of the silver linings of this entire thing that the, the mortality rate is even lower than what you're actually No. So another area of granularity that, sorry, another area of granularity that comes along with it is basically that when you're talking about death as a result of COVID-19, what deaths are you specifically talking about? Because um, some studies have found that hospital mortality rates have fallen, overall hospital mortality rates, that there are less deaths happening in hospitals. Now, one could either lean towards the optimistic uh, thing that, you know, oh, a pandemic is happening, therefore doctors have buckled down, or what's actually happening, which is that people aren't going to hospitals. Mm -hmm. People aren't seeking medical care anymore because they're afraid of catching an infection from there. So um, there's a very large increase in numbers of other deaths as well as a result of a strained healthcare system. Um, I was reading somewhere that um, they're expecting more deaths as a result of cancer and heart disease because people are not seeking timely care mm -hmm. or because of the lockdown, their medications were either not available or they were not able to go and buy the medications. So yeah, basically, they didn't. even if they didn't have COVID in their system, they died because of because the pandemic. Because of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so naturally, so are they counting those? What, what, what do you think is happening? No, the, um, so what they're reporting are the crude death rates, which is basically the number of people who have COVID, lab-confirmed COVID, over the number of people who are dying as a result of it. Uh, other way around, sorry. Um, the number dying divided by the number infected. Right. So in Pakistan, do you, so I've heard, and obviously you can't really... Uh, there's no proper evidence to back this up. But what I've heard is that people are, like you said, afraid to go to hospitals and afraid to get tested because they're like, we're just going to you know, sit tight. Um, but, and then you said that if things go bad, they still don't rush to the hospital because they're scared. Um, even if they don't have COVID, they have other uh, medical problems that need attention. They don't go. But um, do you, don't you think when a person is on like, when 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 it's a serious medical issue even if it is covid and if if someone if a pakistani doesn't believe it doesn't take it seriously but then gets breathing problems or develops pneumonia in both lungs um he naturally has to because your survival instinct kicks in or he's just like hey, main phir bhi ghar hi 
a lot of people still stay at home. I don't think you can answer that. <laughs> uh, no, 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 I can. As in, based on... It's it's ridiculous, though. Um, based on a lot of things. So, for example, you're naturally assuming that everyone even has access to a hospital that they can go to. Um, yeah, um, <laughs> transportation issues. The stay, as, um, as in, if you, let's say, have a sick relative and you live away from one of the major cities. Mm-hmm. You have to come to the city, you have to stay in the city, you're taking days off from work. Yeah. If you're a day laborer, that's directly like lost income and everything like that is in. There's a lot of reasons why people don't come to hospitals and the state of their health is not really a factor in, it is a factor, but not as big a factor as one would hope that it is. There's a lot of uh, like, like not a lot of but i think there's one uh drug that's being developed right now i think the angiliad uh made in this got licensed by five uh companies if i'm not wrong uh this is not a vaccine obviously this is uh, remdesivir sorry remdesivir i don't know what it's called i don't know yeah that, that's the one but yeah it's it, it's what a pain reliever essentially for people who are it's an uh, antiviral uh, i don't i've Explain and then there's it. also hydrochloroquine. The hydrochloroquines. Um, See, I know this as of... pain reliever, vaccine, and well, I don't know these terms. But yeah, there's there's there there are drugs being made essentially, right? Yeah, there are. So um, the one we were, so the hydrochloroquines we'll talk about in a bit. Um, but remdesivir um is an antiviral, which basically means that it kills virus. Right. Hydrochloroquine, I'd been reading a lot about, but it kind of dropped out. I don't think it's as promising as initially. And until I'm not, no one is commenting about it until more solid research comes in as to whether or not it's effective. Mm-hmm. And I think it's irresponsible because you can go and buy a hydrochloroquine just from your everyday right. market. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's an anti malarial. It's an anti malarial. So everyone oh, was. Yeah, yeah. Stocking up on toilet paper and sanitizer, so everyone's also concerned that hydrochloroquine. Trump, Trump started taking it. By the way, did you guys know, know he started, started taking started it himself? I heard some people took it on his advice, uh, like him advising, and they died. Didn't that? Happen? Yeah, but yeah. yeah, but they took the wrong. T- no, there was something that was like this. Drinking bleach, wasn't it? What? No, yeah, that, that happened too. Yeah, that happened. There's too. a lot of shit like. Crazy, like stuff people it's would great. normally like. How can okay? I understand, like, this is really tough for a lot of people, and I understand, like, it, the worry is dispersed based on what kind of a person you are, right? Like, if you're really paranoid, like I am, like, I, like you know, like you'll be like very, like, uh, kind of uptight about like what you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, but then how can you come to a point as as a person where you're like, here's some, here's some bleach right i'm gonna drink this i'm gonna drink this and i'll fix like how do you possibly are you questioning their right to drink bleach uh no 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 is there an amendment right for this yeah man uh if you like take a broader lens of history as in all of this has been done so many times so these days we have the internet to spread misinformation back in the day they had the gutenberg press what yeah, as in, press? I don't know dude, as in when they first started printing paper, everyone was printing pamphlets to sell whatever yeah, junk it yeah. is that they were selling. Yeah. And, you know, there was a huge surge in publications where people had these printing presses in their house and they were writing their conspiracy theories and then standing in the street corner and distributing it. What? 
Yeah, so we've been like doing... The dung, 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 like the tower, yeah, like man. this. Like the so Eddie Bravo is not the first one? What? Yeah, so it's Fuck been... Eddie Bravo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, wow, I didn't, I didn't know this. So um, during the cholera epidemic in particular, as in this was in 1854... Um, in London, there was a huge epidemic of cholera, and that in of itself is a wild ride, and maybe we'll talk about yeah, it at no, some yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. But um, people were like selling all sorts of homemade remedies, including oh. various narcotics. My God. So yeah, you're dying, but at least you know you died. At least died. you're tripping out while you're yeah. doing it. It's like, oh my God! <laughs> yeah, no, they weren't tripping; they were on morphine. Is it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> when you said other kinds of drugs, I just thought psychedelic. cocaine and morphine mixed together. Which one is more? Time will tell. <laughs> There's a like speaking of speaking of things that might or might not heal you or cure this. Uh, apparently in Ghana they found a plant which they're claiming cures COVID. It's uh, Artemisia annua or sweet wormwood, uh, which is apparently what they found. And the president of Ghana is claiming that this is gonna uh, fix it, right? kind of dumb if you think about initially could not be could be the the one you know what i mean that we've been waiting for uh, plant? Uh, yeah i don't know a plant could fix it why no no i'm just saying like that it's saying that the plant some some compound in the plant probably yeah so like there's that um but again I, i i don't think uh like i don't understand why presidents are making it a point to like this guy and then trump to like kind of like what makes them wanna say try this man because everyone is scared and there's no real guidebook as to how politicians are supposed to behave and in general how health communication is supposed to take place um and the fear is like just and everything and it is a major political issue it's an economic issue it's a political issue and you know, so I read this um, article back a while ago, and what it did was that it credited um, a lot of workers' rights to the bubonic plague because all of a sudden there were less workers. So whenever there has been um, something along these lines, a major disruption that comes externally, be it in the form of a pandemic, be it in the form of a war, you know, it's it's led to major changes. And as to what direction those changes are going to take, you know, whether or not we're all going to kill the bourgeoisie in the streets, you know, let's see. Time will tell. (laughs) You're part of the bourgeoisie, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look at this dank <laughs> den is in yeah this is, yeah this is a spare room yeah, you sure need your workers no, right <laughs> yeah um anyway like, uh, <laughs> i don't know how i'm supposed to address my privilege yeah i know it's there um and sure okay um i i i did pretend to be a marxist uh just to clarify that's not good i'm not giving this shit up you know that's what i'm gonna say like anyway yeah you were saying <laughs> We might kill the bourgeoisie. Yeah. Uh-huh. Isn't it? See the way that, the, the, as in, we don't know what's going to come up, what kind of disruptions are going to come up. Um, uh-huh. So I misquoted with regard to cancer before. So um, in between the 2008 to 2010 um, economic recession, they found a very sizable increase in cancer mortality rates. Mm-hmm. And given, and this is just like within one month of the pandemic, uh, three, four months of the pandemic, you know, being the new reality, we are seeing like the global economy start to crumble. 
Yeah. Um, I was reading this report that said about 6.9 million Pakistanis are facing, you know, as in specifically with regard to the cost of food, they're not able to keep it up. They're yeah. reducing the number of meals or sizes of meals. Mm-hmm. And um, I think 10% of respondents in this study said that they remain hungry so that the rest of their family can eat. Wow. So times are tough. And this is, again, just very early days and we don't know how long as in a lot of different models are saying that maybe at least until December we're going to go through this kind of uh, difficulty but might extend until next year or this might actually be the new normal we don't know remember when people were saying hey I can't wait till April when this goes away <laughs> that was a, yeah when this started in March people were saying April the vaccine ha manjeg ha the government yehi kiya bro bahut ho gayi hai chalo wishful thinking because the SARS uh, epidemic had reduced in um the hot months basically around um June July August so um and because the number of cases had dipped and because this current uh, covid pandemic is the germ that causes it is related to the sars virus that's why people assumed that it would behave in the same way but at the time everyone was as in speaking as someone who has friends and family that have like a lot of questions about the current pandemic yeah, everyone huh, as in everyone was coming up and saying ha huh, won't it reduce in june july and at that time i was just saying we don't know Yeah. I'm glad that was the response of the medical community because we didn't know then and it's not panning out to be the case. Right. And that's um maybe where the next important part of health communication comes in is being willing to acknowledge when you don't know something and in terms of whether or not Trump is even humanly capable of making such an admission <laughs> or even if it's wise for a head of state to be making that admission like um if they're coming up on a national forum and saying hey we don't know anything about what's going on but we're studying about it yeah as in it doesn't calm people down and you need people to be a little less anxious in this already really anxious period of time right and you know obviously we're heading towards uh the inevitability of this ending or not like in one way or the other like what i'm trying to take us to is a time when this is like you know to an extent it's kind of uh either dropped or I'm, this could be a year two years it could even be never but let's assume it's a year two years or however long uh the spanish flu obviously must have changed uh things uh for the world after it had ended or and that's what i'm very curious about like structures and i'm talking about uh inter- intergovernmental uh organizations and how they prioritize things it was called world war 1 <laughs> no but that wasn't necessarily caused by the spanish flu like of course there was there was a restructuring after the world war 1 but uh, no. prior to the world war 1 look uh, at the time frames is in yeah, spanish they, they, they flu match, was yeah. there in world war 1 so you know there was already pretty widespread and massive destruction and spanish flu was just you know the cherry on top right but wasn't there any kind of an assessment afterwards that acha ye sab hua like the world I, or yeah i guess what i'm logically thinking is the world war kind of overtook the need that people might have seen with the spanish flu to want to maybe change stuff also with regard to the spanish flu there was a lot of um 
laws with regard to what you could say you know on a national forum really and um a lot with regard to spanish flu was heavily censored the reason why it's called the spanish flu is not because it started in spain but because <laughs> spain didn't have those censorship laws so everyone was like oh this new disease is spreading but it's only in spain oh wow Yeah, it actually started in Kansas or the U.S. somewhere, right? Yeah, farm in Kansas. I, I don't know about that, but it started somewhere. Yeah, not necessarily in Spain. All right, right. So generally, about um, like you said, this might go in December. It might not. We don't know. Um, but we have to plan. So it's obviously there's a caveat there. There, it's not sustainable for us to stay in lockdown um, for like a year, two years. Yeah. So, how safe is safe? Basically, what's the? Is there a benchmark that you see? A chap is point pe deaths much ki hai. Is point pe aage so we ease the lockdown because in countries where the curve has flattened, where it's gone down, like you know, um, in Italy it's you know gone down. In New Zealand, uh, I read in China today there were no new cases for the first time. Um, but there's obviously a fear of a second wave, and it might come, and then you might go into lockdown again. So, how do you proceed with? How do you live with it essentially? Like, what point do you say, "Bas, ab, let's know what can you do, kholo sab kuch." And it's the new normal, I guess. As in, I don't know what else to say. Yeah. As in, we don't know what the world. So when we're talking about, you know, when will things get back to normal? You're talking about maybe 2019. As in, yeah. Well, what is normal? What's now? normal? No, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm saying that at what point do governments or You know, they are they're already doing that though. They're already opening everything back up to where a lot extent. of places are yeah, out here, of economic necessity. The U.S. like Georgia was already in the news like two weeks ago for opening up. Brian Kemp, by the way, governor of Georgia, salute to you, fucking idiot. He opened up uh, tattoo parlors, bowling alleys uh, as essentials for the people. But anyway, you were saying sorry. Yeah, sorry. yeah so I was saying that they've done that. So it, most places they've done that once um, the cases and the deaths have tapered off. um because that's you know the reason that you you had to flatten the curve um let's suppose that a second wave does come in um would they go into lockdown again at what point do you decide ke, okay we 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 can't like i think that we'll have to do and tell me if i'm wrong like with the capacity building mechanisms that you can employ with the healthcare system so if you can like build enough of a capacity that you can uh even if the mortality like or even if the infection rate goes up to like maybe 70 80% or whatever like we if we have 100% like if we can take care of 100% people infected then 70 is not a problem is that correct can you i don't know how to respond to like, that like so capacity in, building right so if uh-huh. you can build enough capacity to take care of people who are infected then you'd probably be like we can resume back spanish flu killed 50 million is in how much capacity are we talking about yeah. here yeah, is in <laughs> like i guess like every country <laughs> and one of the best healthcare system in the world sweden tried a herd immunity strategy and they unhone predict kiya tha ki itni deaths hongi but it was like way more than what they predicted and then they had to revert back to uh, what do you think about herd immunity like herd is immunity is a really established concept so um it's this terminology is borrowed from vaccine um sciences so the idea is basically as i discussed earlier in for the infection process to kind of take place it has to transmit right. it has to transmit from an infectious person through some medium 
and then reach the susceptible person with or without some intermediary um, animals such as, you know, mosquitoes and stuff. But this is basically the principle for all infectious diseases. It's called the epidemiological triad. So um, the way that it works then within this model is I'm infectious, you're susceptible, I spread it to you. But if you've had it before, at least based on the information that we have so far, is that you're developing an immune response against it, Mm -hmm. so you're not susceptible to another infection. So let's say that I'm infectious, you've never had it, and you've had it before. This means that instead of me spreading it to two people, I'm just spreading it to one person. And when you reach a certain percentage of people who are no longer susceptible to the disease, the disease does not progress as rapidly as it had. So the idea then is that if a certain percentage, at the very least above 60%, but more likely about 80-90%, if 80-90% of the people have antibodies against it, it will not transmit in the same fashion that it is transmitting now. But what's the human cost of 70% of the population catching it? Yeah, there's a lot of people going to die. And that's what I was going to ask. Like, this is essentially uh, like (laughs) the the healthcare community's attack is the best kind of defense almost. Like, we have to figure out a way to make sure that we can fix it once somebody has it. But what if everybody gets it? You know what I mean? Then we're not risking anyone. But that means a significant portion of those people are going to yeah, so you're basically saying that we're going to kill off, like we're 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 okay with the two percent mortem. We're okay if five million people are dying. How do you make that decision as a society? Like, yeah, we're going to do this. Like, normally, it's 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 simple cost benefit. Though they were like, like it's far more benefit for the greater good if we approach that strategy. Itne logon ne marna hi hai. Um, where we can take care of the rest. And let's just go with it. But it's weird for for a country like Pakistan with no, like you said, people can't access a hospital. Yeah. People, um, there's no proper medical response developed nationally. Yeah, um, and then they've still like decided to go for it. Apparently, we have a national response, but as in as to how cost effective it is or how efficacious it is, time will tell. Because again, early days of the pandemic. We still have a long period of time to go and maybe a lot of this would be easier to discuss with the benefit of 2020 hindsight. 2020 hindsight. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's oh, nice. Uh, nice. Should we, should we talk about uh, the elephant in the room, the conspiracy? Uh... Right. So, yeah. And before that, I just want to... Uh, like okay so i'm gonna lay down something for you and you tell me if i'm right or wrong okay uh i think that in cases or scenarios such as uh a pandemic where it's a threat to a lot of people with anxiety infectious blah 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 blah, i think people who might be spreading misinformation with regards to um you know how like how this started how it spreads how important or unimportant it is or whether it's, it's real or not real if the government says it's real then you say it's real and, and nobody can say anything about it. like there can be no conspiracy theorists because it's dangerous that's what i that's what i at least want to think of it and this goes back to the thing of, like framing the disaster and stuff and all of that that should be left in the hands 
and when i say government i don't mean like the government i mean like the healthcare professionals that work within the government should decide purely who can say what about this pandemic and it's it's clearly like a you're stripping people's rights to you know like express and say things and sure but i think it's absolutely ridiculous to deny that this is a real problem because people are dying literally trying to prevent this from spreading uh so it's completely dangerous and this can spread to a mufti this can spread to a fucking guy in i don't know switzerland who has his own conspiracy theory podcast i don't give a fuck like whoever's saying that this isn't real silence but 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 listen though how are you going to practical who gives a shit the practical no 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 it does but if everyone's like out in outside and like we don't care we're not going to follow any sops we're not going to wear a mask literally no care government ki sazish hai because they want to get the devil according to a lot of memes on far right sites they they they're like imf loans unhone karze utarwane that's why they're doing this we don't believe it how are you going to stop people from i'm saying people who say this stuff should not be allowed to again a lot to unpack yeah. so to start off with our conspiracy theories you know all conspiracy theories necessarily invalid maybe not because for example um edward snowden and prism you know for years people in tin foil hats had been saying hey the government's listening to you and the government was like no we're not and suddenly they're like oh j edgar hoover was oh richard nixon was oh Bush and Obama arguably yeah. were as in this technology was out there yeah. so as to whether or not we should never like make a statement that goes against the government no, no uh, I agree I agree ha uh, as in we don't know and whether I mean, or not a pandemic situation like normally conspiracy theories are important i understand like uh, but one, in know? the face of this one so if few silence people in somewhere or the other voices do come out how do those voices come out so for example during the ebola epidemic i think this was in uh liberia there was a quarantine camp for ebola now ebola thank god it's covid and not ebola that's the pandemic at the moment right. yeah ebola is like a mortality rate yeah. of closer to 60% than it is to 3% but it would be easier to control though and i think that's what was true for ebola and all these other diseases in africa like uh the no not not in africa i was thinking mers is middle east is africa and never mind what i'm saying is oh, these dude. these diseases epidemics uh to come before are so fatal that there's no chance that you can spread it to somebody else cuz immediately somebody can tell holy shit um uh, you know you're dying right so but but yeah no you were saying Uh, as in your in your little tight aid is in I kind of lost what were we talking about ah <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were talking about cons- uh, conspiracy theories silencing them uh, yeah. monrovia yeah so what happened was that there was a quarantine camp for ebola everyone was like this is a government torture cell where they are silencing political dissidents they raided it freed all of the um suspected ebola cases mm-hmm. and stole mattresses some of which had blood on it Because, uh, because huh is in you because might as well steal a mattress is in huh yeah you're already like breaking into a quarantine camp yeah and if there's nothing else other than a mattress what else are you going to steal 
those made their way out into the general public yeah that's the big how problem. fantastic yeah 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 <laughs> uh, but generally like you were saying okay, why don't you silence so the government should silence these but for conspiracy nuts it it would just prove the like i'm not saying it yeah. would actually it would be like dekha hai to hum bolne nahi de rahe they don't want you to hear like you can perfectly reasonably imagine someone like eddie bravo or alex jones coming on and saying look they don't want you yeah. to know I mean that would be you're from a part of the world where people suddenly vanish yeah. you know so i mean what do you ha but as in let they say, can do it they can do don't, don't i know they can do it here but how do, like can are you saying no one vanishes anywhere else in the world other than in pakistan how many people are they going to vanish though bro <laughs> like, let's um, not get into this like listen <laughs> let's see nazi germany how many people vanished 2 million people they didn't vanish everyone know knew where they After were the fact like you don't have a trace of them uh uh-huh, as in no if you look at for example okay that was very off the bat but let's say <laughs> What about the Soviet Union? A lot of yeah. people vanished there. Oh my Or god. Or let's say even during the Tsarist times, a lot of people have people have been vanishing since the beginning of time, dude. Is yeah, like it's been, not a problem. We've been digging people up like like 3 years ago like, "Oh, so this guy like uh, the murder that union leader whatever. that they dug up who yeah. died 40 50 years ago." They're like, "Oh, yeah, boy, the young." He's over here. <laughs> are are we going down there? No, let's not. Uh, uh, let's not because you know Yeah, it's completely irrelevant. We are also like susceptible right, exactly. both to COVID and to vanishing. Right. <laughs> But see, this is where your argument wins because somebody's going to do that to us then people will be like, "Fuck, they talked about it. Where are they now?" Yeah, yeah exactly. So it all feeds into it. If I vanish, it was <laughs> <laughs> It was me. If you don't see another podcast again, it was us. It was us. Uh, but no, uh like I want to So, I feel like we're getting into this conspiracy realm. uh in the in the wrong way i want to ask you are there any that you have seen or thought of yourself or ones that really interest you to like really look into oh it? so you're asking me to come up with conspiracy yeah theories. so i okay. i i basically talked about how people who talk about this shit shouldn't be allowed to say it and now, and now i'm now asking, asking him to give me one yeah, yeah. and now you're No, but this is all like you know. We know this is bullshit. Like for for, for fuck no. Okay, here's a disclaimer. Okay. Here's so here's I'll a disclaimer. You. On the mic believes that the virus is real. Stay the fuck home. Yeah, sorry. Okay, so two conspiracy theories. That one that I've come across and one that I've come up with. First, the one that I've come across is that uh, it is basically an invention in some lab. That it's a bio weapon that got out of control, basically. Yes. um as to whether it was developed by the US or China they're both accusing each other because in you know after that whole kung flu thing um yeah. basically China retorted by saying that so uh, basically China retorted by saying that it was the US army that spread it in China um but this kind of stuff happens as in viruses do come up and a lot of viruses kind of do mutate and we're seeing like natural selection kind of happen on a very regular basis yeah. 
Um, in for instance, I, there was some experiment in which they had cryogenically frozen some bacterial samples in the 60s or that kind of time frame. And then they compared that old sample with the current samples and they found, yeah, even within the same strain of uh, microorganisms, there is very huge genetic differences right. and huge differences in their mortality rates. So this is not exactly something that's unknown to happen. Mm -hmm. And it's the reason why you get influenza vaccines every year because the influenza virus does change yeah. on the regular. Yeah. So... But is that, it, but that does it itself, right? It's not genetically or like manipulated. It does it itself without yeah. manipulation. Is yeah, in yeah. you know, it's Jurassic Park. Life yeah. finds a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Uh, and um, so I don't know. As in, obviously, I cannot definitively say no. This was not because no one can. As in, that's the nature of conspiracy theories. A lot of them are unfalsifiable, no matter what kind of evidence it is. True. But is um, genetic manipulation by um, evil organization necessary for a disease like this to come up? No. Right. Is it necessary? No. And if it's not necessary, then why do we immediately jump onto that bandwagon? Yeah, exactly. Now, my theory <laughs> is that, uh, so the, and this, uh, it's really convoluted, but my the, you know, from the deepest, darkest, like, trenches of my mind is that... I've been waiting for this, yeah. <laughs> uh, aliens. <laughs> really? Uh, this no. Is like, yeah, so be it aliens, be it lizard people, be it, you know, insidious organizations, you know, RFID chipping through antibodies that your body develops itself. I think that's fantastic. I think that if this actually turns out to be true, it'd be so... It, It'd be awesome. <laughs> what exactly? Like, how are aliens involved? Sorry. <laughs> He's like, no, <laughs> so uh, confused. <laughs> no, but who is it that's tracking? Is it the alien? Is it the lizard people? We don't know. Yeah. We don't. Who's tracking what? Exactly. <laughs> what, what is being tracked? Yeah. Us. Yeah, us. All of us. All right. All right. What do you think they're making, man? <laughs> What do you think they're making? Who is they? They're making a vaccine? You think these people are actually dying? Huh? Man, we follow Harry Potter rules. He who will not be named. But <laughs> this is the conspiracy theory. We're not going to fucking tell you what it is. Yeah. You have to pay an extra $5 for that information. <laughs> Click the link below. And we, can we should start doing that. Hit subscribe. <laughs> yes, that, that. thank you. We were going to ask you to say that at the end anyway. Fuck off. <laughs> No, we were, yeah. we I, I'm not your show. <laughs> <laughs> but generally, do you think people have started gravitating towards these conspiracies and this mistrust of authority and governments in recent times, or has it always? It's always been the case. As in, if you look at polio vaccinators getting shot in Pakistan, is in a lot of it, and it stems from something as well because what are their accusations that whatever these drugs are are interfering with fertility that they contain haram products and these tropes have been there since for example the enfield rifle act this mistrust towards institutions has been there for a long time and it's not going to go away so if you look at a lot of the health communication that is happening it's happening in english yeah and it's happening by people who are even if they are indigenous so you know if it is a punjabi who is speaking about it in punjab 
necessarily belongs to a different socioeconomic background, different education level, not necessarily someone who's really connected to the community in the same way that other members of the community are. Right. Whether or not community stakeholders are really taken on board when coming up with policies. So, for example, in I was reading about this a while ago. Um, there was a study in which they had given health information to African-American barber shops because mm -hmm. they noticed that a lot of African-Americans in these uh, specific communities were hanging out at the barber shop. Yeah, it, it was, was not a just a place to get a haircut. Yeah, there were always like, there have been a cultural aspect to an African-American barbershop, like the conversation, like yes. the camaraderie. It's all the same people you see every time you're there, yeah. So this is just my presumption based on what I read and what media I've been exposed to. I don't know whether or not it is like that on it the is. ground. I, I've been to like a few when I was in Perfect. Georgia, exactly like so what they did was that as a result of this targeting, they noticed that health information had spread to a very large extent. But we're not seeing that kind of thing happening with regard to COVID. It's a top-down approach that's being taken mm -hmm. as opposed to something that's starting from the grassroots and moving up. If you're not taking your stakeholders on board, how are you going to expect to come up with effective policy? And this isn't like a condemnation against anyone because very plain and simple, I'm also someone who works in the field, yeah. you know, as a, I've done like data related work, I've conducted qualitative interviews in the field, things along those lines, supervised research, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've been about is yeah. what I'm trying to yeah. say. But um, it's not happening because of the lockdown. How, as in... A lot of community-related work has necessarily come to a standstill because everyone is afraid for their lives. Yeah. And as to whether it's as essential as a hospital worker, maybe research is not all the way up there. Maybe it should be, but, yeah. you know, it's not, and it's tough. Yeah, it is tough. Because like even if you're, like, in charge of hiring people, would you necessarily want to hire people knowing that not just might they get sick, but they might also be carriers who are disseminating it door to door. Yeah, literally door to door. I'm looking at you, Food Panda. <laughs> Endorse us now. I feel like that's ridiculous as well. Like, like you know, health researchers can't go door to door to collect stuff. No, no, I'm not saying health researchers can't, but right. I'm saying that they might be. What do you define as uh, essential work within all of it? Yeah. How willing are you to put your employees into that if they're not like traditional healthcare workers? Right. Yeah. And it is a problem. But there like, is good field work happening, as in I'm not going to deny no, that yeah, completely. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but of course. things have like taken a slight back step. And I a think lot people, of research. people like uh, would be hesitant to answer the door to maybe like somebody who's here to take some questions down or whatever, you know, like polling or research or whatever it is, as opposed to like a lot of people are comfortable ordering food, going about their business. It's crazy. Like they, like I feel like there's a, like you're saying, like there's a mischaracterization of what is essential. Uh, there's a lot of communities that are really sweet though, as in you go there to ask them a couple of questions and you end up drinking tea and having a laugh. As yeah. in, it's really wholesome. Yeah, uh, you, but, you've done that a lot, like yeah. your research, right? Uh -huh. People are nice, but as in, aside from the ethical aspect that you don't drink tea with them, you don't like yeah. be friends with them because that's not cool either. You're yeah. a stranger to the community. Right. But um, yeah, 
there is there are like a lot of difficulties with regard to research at the moment health research in particular right. as a result of the pandemic right and you mentioned cholera and uh, i want to like hear about that in comparison to what's happening right now like what do you think is the most like interesting i would say similarity dissimilarity or just generally like because you were you 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 wanted to speak about cholera a lot like you mentioned it a, a bunch of times that we've spoken in the last uh few weeks or whatever uh so what is it about it that makes you what is it that tickles your pick oh, i'm not gonna no, that, tickles yeah. my pickle <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah. I was, I was like, cholera <laughs> doesn't tickle my pickle <laughs> but yeah uh so uh as in if you look at the history of cholera it started off in this part of the world the indian subcontinent it became like a very major epidemic in um london and it was us it was our strain that made its way there as in they gave us colonialism we gave them cholera seems like a good trade off yeah seems okay <laughs> uh and <laughs> as in all of a sudden it found the perfect population in 1854 london um because apparently the toilet was invented before like the drainage system so you know compared to like peeing and pooping in a jar and just throwing that into the cesspit versus like the whole cistern of water flushing everything down into a pond near you as in wow. and one that may contaminate and it actually did contaminate the water source and it contaminated the water source in london in the form of a hand pump and apparently the sweetest tasting water in all of london because everyone was mad for that are you serious yeah as that in, was cholera water that was cholera that water that was shit water they didn't know that at the time they are pretty good <laughs> it didn't just taste where is this going yeah <laughs> no so you know have you had diarrhea before either of you um, in your entire life i guess yeah what do you mean you guess yeah. <laughs> as in in high probability it was a result of eating some amount of fecal matter good on is that what yeah a lot of diarrheal diseases are spread through the fecal oral route as is um polio where to so i ate shit Yeah, yeah you got the uh, shit some some in, form or size in, in all probability you're eating shit on the regular on the rack is it how do you, as in what do you know about you know your water or your food sources or that random fly that sat on the thing that you were eating is in you don't know where that fly's been you don't I'm, know its story i feel <laughs> story i feel like i started this podcast being the guy saying anyone who has a conspiracy theory go to hell now I'm like man I can't trust anything five what do you mean this is like normal this is I'm sorry yes. no one's been feeding you shit it's just how it, it just works, how it, works. <laughs> it doesn't take you know you sitting with a spoon that this is chocolate ice cream that's not how it works you just need oh, the germ particles it's not ice cream today <laughs> no one's no one's planted that shit it just happens it happens shit happens shit happens <laughs> and it's as a result of having very dense urban populations who are drinking the same shitty water supply oh. so kind of a perfect set of circumstances that are coming together and those set of circumstances are why the disease is transmitting to the extent that it is is the same thing right now is the same thing right now so it was uh, the fact that they made a what was it toilet before drainage system 
that made cholera happen right now it's the fact that we have planes and trains and cars and, and automobiles planes trains and automobiles yeah and uh, grocery stores that like can fit 15000 people wherever then all of this stuff which i guess yeah i mean we've been living a certain way even if you look at how work is um depending on what kind of work you're doing the nature of cubicles and you know the one hour lunch where you're sitting with all of your coworkers and having a good old laugh or the way that you know in general the way that as a species our family structures are the way that our social networks etc are and even just how densely populated we have become as in if you look at the cities that are and i'm not talking about countries but if you break it down to a city wide uh, city wise kind of uh, distribution in pakistan it's karachi lahore islamabad in america which as in i'll ask you which city do you, new, york. Uh, new york most densely populated city or among the more densely populated cities rather so and then you can tell like that's exactly where it's happening and but do you think this is going to change how we live our li- like obviously we've tried pondering over this question of what's going to happen after but this this has got to have some kind of an effect when it comes to how we kind of organize or live as a species oh, by the way sorry uh, before i answer that so the way that we were talking about people eat drinking shitty water or right. eating shitty food yes <laughs> in the same way like the problem with handshaking my snot is coming onto your hand and you're rubbing your eyes with that very same hand so i swear uh, man like, like i used to think i was pretty clean uh-huh as in aside from the fact that we have a huge amount of microorganisms that belong on us as in they belong on our skin and our mouths and our gastrointestinal tract yeah. you know like there's a microorganism in your large intestine that secretes vitamin k if you're taking an antibiotic that kills that specific bacteria you bleed to death as in the body's hilarious probably uh, something like, probably we shouldn't say on the first date <laughs> not stuff you say on the first date no <laughs> definitely not uh but talk to me about uh how you think we're going to be after do you think there's certain aspects of like you said work or like even this shit because i feel like we're going to have a generation of uh people who's already going through a really weird kind of like i don't know like we're looking at you millennials <laughs> yeah literally uh, we, all your podcast listeners <laughs> no i hope well that's a stretch well, that's a stretch. well i i gen z i yeah i mean i mean better than most of the shit kids are doing these days i don't know i hope so like what the fuck is a tiktok you know what i mean like dude oh, no weird. dude what hating Tik- tiktok is that's weird man like what what is this like what you- okay boomer no, okay boomer no it's it's Like, I don't have an opinion either way about No it's it's shit you know it is No I I've not experienced it <laughs> I've just a... seen some funny videos I don't know how it works it just happens in front of me nice. I just see the finished product This is, this is why you're going to be the first executed because <laughs> Me No not you as in <laughs> yeah, yeah because you know it's only the bourgeoisie that are complaining about TikTok <laughs> I swear I read this somewhere hating on TikTok is a very classist thing. Yeah. And I don't even hate local TikTok. I think local TikToks are fucking hilarious. Like what the like the water uh-huh. spitting out and the like I dig that. What I hate is like the if you go to like the more American and the more woke TikTok trends which is just like 
cringy and, and they weird. might be working class as well you don't know i don't give a fuck what they are man like you know yeah. no, the, the poor stuff. people and their <laughs> and their means of Listen, personal it entertainment it has nothing to do with their means of whatever like yeah yeah i feel as if like you can set up a podcast they can't probably as a Listen, <laughs> somebody who would want to get cancelled any second now. <laughs> I have to explain to my grandfather what a podcast was. <laughs> Can you imagine what that is like? Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be one of those people who's going to be like, what is this me- meow app? You know, like, because their names are devolving to like dumber and dumber shit as well. Like we had Facebook, uh, like my uh, Orkut, <coughs> Orkut, MySpace, holy shit. <laughs> Orkut, MySpace. Uh, that's also going to be a reflex, by the way, once this is over. It's like, oh, fuck. Somebody uh, but uh, that's Orkut, MySpace, uh, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, and now we're at TikTok. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, it just, it just, it's brainless. Is what my problem with it is. You know, it's just people are. Brain- yeah, man. If it's not named Tesla, Daniel has no interest. <laughs> yeah, man. You, you look like an Elon Musk fanboy. If Elon Musk is on TikTok, he's he's signing up. You need for to that have shit. a high IQ to understand Rick and Morty. You see. <laughs> Oh my god! No, I'm not one of those people, yes. dude. You no, sound totally exactly am. like one I of those. I sound people. like that, but my reservation specifically with the TikTok. Yeah, okay. yeah, okay. That's the problem. Why is it specifically oh, for that mode of? There's community. another reason. Uh, there was a lot Ch- of fucking. Oh, old- by the way, since we're talking about TikTok, acknowledge the fact that a lot of really good content on COVID came out on TikTok. Arguably, no, oh, oh, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> like what? Man, prevention videos and stuff like that. As in, if you look, really? if we're talking about the sources specific to the app that you know um, have spread conspiracy theories, arguably Facebook is spreading more conspiracy theories than TikTok. I didn't think of that, but like TikTok, see, tic- that's the thing. TikTok can't spread information even if it tried. That's how dumb the app is. Because it's a l- listen. I have the pro- I have a pro- listen, I have a problem with the way the app. At least, like the videos I've seen, look. That's it. I don't, I don't give a shit who's on it. I don't give a shit who's using it. They use it for. Why all. don't you use it and show everyone else how to do it? I did. I tried. It was. It was. The, the effects were really weird. They were all kind of monotonous. The aesthetic was strange. Uh, it. It's, so because you weren't very good at it, you decided to say it on. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I am gonna be one of those guys. Who's like, what the fuck is going on? This, that, the other. Uh, but yeah, I feel as if there's gonna be a lot of shit that's mm. gonna change. Um. As time goes on, and as you know, we keep going about. So this speaking whole thing. about boomers, as in this is going to be the effect of the COVID uh, pandemic. Boomers going to die, unfortunately. That's just, so sad. Yeah, as in that's what's genuinely, happening. it's a huge tragedy that if we're losing one of the greater generations. But then again, the there's going to be a huge population explosion this year because everyone who's locked at home with nothing better to do is probably like procreating the way god intended (laughs) so it's like boomer out boomer in oh my god oh so we can call these boomer oh we can call these guys boomers too the kids are getting born right you heard it here first (laughs) folks. you heard it here on the mic uh but no that's interesting and i think like especially with contraception how it's there's going to be a lot of boomer outs. <laughs> no, Instead of a, a guy here having 12 kids, he's going to have 24. That's extremely problematic thing to say as well. Feel bad for, <laughs> it, feel bad for the missus, man. Is in, nah. She's doing the work. I Yeah, that those stories really fuck with me as to how people can actually go through that. Man, I really, really, really miss this. I really miss talking to people in person. And 
is like you know like zoom calls are great <laughs> you know uh, especially for tiktok podcasts. isn't though fuck tiktok man and fuck and you <laughs> and if we're going to like randomly cuss out apps i say fuck zoom man zoom Why? has ruined my life oh, i yeah, can't yeah. believe <laughs> چکیاں The conversation was fantastic. <laughs> I it, loved it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I wanted to ask you beforehand, like I do with some guests, like we would talk about this, this, this. But man, honestly, this is why I wanted you on because it's oh, just yeah, so easy yeah. to talk to you. I forgot, I forgot. Stay at home if you can. And if you can't, wear a mask and wash your fucking hands. But, 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 sir, Eid ki shopping. Glove mask. Ben ke kudu. As in. Nahi. Na jau. Stay home. Well, natural slide. Yeah, man. No, as in with the unemployment and shit that's happening, yeah. you know, you should probably be saving Save your Eid money because you might be hungry tomorrow. Yeah, even if you're one of those idiots who's going around Lahore on a bike or the Land Cruiser behind you, your daddy might have to sell that Land Cruiser in two months. So don't go for Eid shopping or any of that bullshit. Guys, by the yeah. time this is up, they'll be fine. No I think it is bourgeoisie. Yeah, I'm just letting my fellow uh, bourgeois know. But dude, I've had a look at your house. It's Now I know the schematic. <laughs> it's not a it's not a palace first of all. Uh it's just a regular. But it's positively palatial compared to everyone else, dude. Listen, I didn't do this, right? Uh my dad did and he's 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 yeah. a classic classic yeah, uh, daddy. <laughs> daddy, our house is too well, big. I can't do anything about it. I'm trying to um You know I'm using mean? all of it <laughs> and <laughs> you know what I mean like I agree and shitting on TikTok yeah man as in I agree let's I don't know no. you're I, shitting on daddy when you're living under daddy's roof your <laughs> cave dwelling ancestors are ashamed of you bro they're like go hunt go gather as soon as you're like 14 I have a I have a gym in my basement so it's all it's okay I just work out at home no uh listen I agree all of what you're saying is correct uh but uh yeah no it's true like you you guys are right i don't know how to I'll just sign uh, off man no ways, i'm not yeah. going to sign off like this no there's no two ways about it yeah kids And, wash your hands <laughs> don't blame daddy for your poor hygiene exactly what <laughs> oh man i really like this um heather i love you and thank you for doing this really appreciate it <laughs> is, is that it yeah, that's it no the podcast isn't exactly over uh ladies and gentlemen thanks for watching uh, uh all of us had a great time hope you had a great time listening uh please wash your hands uh and make sure you hit that subscribe button right after you wash oh. your hands <laughs> and, and uh yeah no follow along for everything uh i want to thank heather one more time before we sign off Thank you Heather. My pleasure man. Thanks for having me. Nah dude of course and from me and You know my name. <laughs> B and it's my yeah. are we doing that routine? I hate it man. Don't the same my name. Uh for um, B and the Mrs uh this is <laughs> a bit uh oh, come on. I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with being a, a Mrs just so No, no, we nobody said that. Yeah, you did say that dude. <laughs>
I said there's nothing wrong with it. I didn't say there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> you were just digging yourself. Just... Peace. <laughs> That's just the exit. I just say peace now. No, keep it tight. Boom. That was the... Okay, good.